Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Nina Fortune, who's an admissions counselor at William & Mary in beautiful Williamsburg, Virginia. Nina, how are you today? And thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I am doing great on this lovely Friday, um, but just very excited to be here today. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you, and we can't wait to hear about yourself and William and Mary. So Nina, let me ask you to tell us about yourself. How long have you been an admissions counselor, and how did you end up in such a position? Yes, so I have been an admission counselor since October of 2021, um, so coming up on a year soon. And I started as an admission counselor because last year I actually graduated from William & Mary. And so I felt like what better way to get involved and show my school spirit than to actually be working here. And so I felt that being an admission counselor would help me to show other people how amazing this school is. <laughs> well, congratulations on your graduation, and William and Mary are certainly very lucky to have you, as are we. So, Nina, let me ask you, what is it about William and Mary that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? I would have to say the number one appeal of William & Mary is the community here. So we are a mid-sized school and that means that we have such a tight-knit community for everybody here. Um, everybody feels welcome. William & Mary has uh, a nice motto that those who come here belong here and that is definitely true. There is just everyone here to make you feel welcome. Um, it is easy for you to walk across campus and see people you know or to see people you don't know and they're going to be friendly enough to say hi. So I would have to say definitely community is the number one thing that everybody about William Mary loves. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. And what can you tell us about life on campus outside of the classroom? Yeah, so there is so much for everybody. So for example, students can get involved with our clubs and organizations, and we have nearly 500 clubs and organizations for people to choose from. So there is something for everyone, whether you like acapella or book club. Um, some of our big uh, 
clubs here are our barefoot and our cheese foot, uh, cheese clubs. So <laughs> it's just something for everybody. But other than that, there's many things that are always happening on campus or around campus, whether it be our farmer's markets or the traditions that William & Mary has. So we really care about making sure that students can have a nice balanced life of academics and something outside of the classroom for them. Well, we appreciate that. And I was on a trip not too long ago with my family and we visited the area and it is absolutely beautiful. Yes. So students <laughs> and parents, if you get the opportunity to visit, it's definitely worth the trip. Nina, students usually spend at least four years in college. So visiting campus before committing to a school is so important for the students to get a feeling of the campus and of course the surrounding area. Taking tours and spending time on campus are obviously things that can't easily be replicated online. So visiting, again, is so important before you matriculate. So Nina, when a student comes to campus, what are the areas that they should visit? And what are some questions they should be asking to help them determine if the school is in fact the right fit for them? Yeah, so I would have to say just some general things to think about while you're on campus are what are you interested in and what are your passions? Because it's going to be something different for everyone. Or what are you comfortable? What kind of environment do you feel you're comfortable in and that you would thrive in? Obviously, college is something new for everybody. So you will be out of your comfort zone and you will experience new kinds of learning. However, when you visit campus, you can kind of get a feel of maybe this campus is too big for me on some campuses, or maybe I like the different uh, food offerings. I do think that food is something that should come into account of making sure if you have any dietary restrictions, allergies, you check out the foods, you check out kind of the offerings. So for example, what are your interest, uh, what are your hobbies? Does that university have it? And so when students come to William & Mary, uh, we do have our information session and tour that goes over it. But I do think another important thing is just seeing how the students interact and um, going online and getting some more of that in-depth research of our club offerings and some of the events and traditions that we have. I think there is a lot of things that you can feel on campus and you're not going to have it replicated online. And then there is also some of that you're either going to have to ask students or see on our um, websites kind of more that you're not going to be able to get just from a two hour visit. Um, but I also do think getting that interaction with students. So for example, on our information sessions and tours, our tours are student-led. So you're having about an hour and 15 minutes of just hearing from our students um, that are currently on campus. And so hearing from them, getting some more questions answered that you might have about their experiences or what's keeping them on campus and very happy why they chose William & Mary. I think getting that interpersonal connection is something that you can definitely take advantage of while you're visiting on campus. So I'm just curious, Nina, what are some of the things that you, in fact, love about William & Mary? I know that you just graduated, so can you share what was the attraction for you? Yes. Yeah, so like I said, community is always going to be a first answer. Um, when I was a freshman, it, during my orientation, before my classes started, I was walking around campus trying to plan out my classes and someone I had never met, she was running on the sidewalk while I was looking at a map and she stopped me and asked me, was I lost? Did I need any help? She was a current student who just wanted to make sure I was okay. And so having that as my first experience on campus and then 
little experiences like that continuing throughout my four years here, the community was always just something that made me feel so welcome. But there really is something for everybody here. And I felt that because I got involved in clubs and traditions that I would never have thought I'd be part of. And Women Mary helps you to kind of find your group and find something that you were not introduced to before. So I think Women Mary for me personally was just so open for new experiences that I will forever remember for college. Well, thank you so much for that insight. We truly appreciate it. And yes, you know, when you visit, sure, you have the tour guide and of course you could ask mm -hmm. them questions, but it's also important students to stop other students that are on campus, speak to them, ask them about their insight, what do they like, and maybe what they don't like about the school that they're attending. So we appreciate that, Nina. You also earlier mentioned clubs and another piece of mm -hmm. information that's important, I think, for students is the fact that if there is a specific club that you're interested in, uh, trying out for or being a part of, many of the clubs nowadays have their own social media pages, which is another way to gain insight in terms of the different activities that the school has to offer. So again, Nina, thank you so much for the overview, for the insight. We appreciate it. Let's get back to the application process. How many applications, Nina, do you review a year and do you represent a specific region? Yes. So um, for our office total, um, this past year, we had about 18,000 applications. Um, so each person is going to read about 1,500 to 2,000 applications. Um, me specifically, I represent the whole state of New York. And then I have some counties in Virginia, such as Prince William County and Fredericksburg that I'm also in charge of, um, just in general, the North Central Virginia. But yes, yeah, so for this past uh, cycle, I read about uh, 1,200 applications, and that did go for both my Virginia and my uh, New York regions. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And I was curious, what are the different ways a student can apply to William & Mary? And Nina, is there a benefit to applying one way over the other? Yes. So we have three different deadlines for students or three different application types. So the first one is going to be our early decision one deadline. And so this is normally going to be November 1st. Um, the only exception is if November 1st might fall on a Saturday or Sunday, then it will go to that following Monday. But just in general, November 1st for early decision one, this is going to be a binding um, application. So if students apply through Early Decision 1, they are essentially saying they will withdraw their applications from other schools if they're accepted to William & Mary. And then we also have our Early Decision 2 deadline, which is the exact same as Early Decision 1, except it's at a later date. It's going to be January 1st. And then the final one that we have is going to be our regular decision. This is going to be non-binding, and it's going to be January 1st. So the benefit for if you would like to do early decision one or two um, is that you are essentially showing us that you are committed to William & Mary. This is your top school you will be uh, attending if you are accepted. The only thing we do have to say, we do uh, appreciate the commitment from students, but since it is binding, if financial aid is something that students have to take into account for their decisions for college, then it is not something that is necessarily you should be doing early decision because since it is binding, it's not easy to come out of. So um, if you do feel that William & Mary is your top school, but you do still have to take into account financial aid, there are other ways to show us 
that you uh, we are your top school. Um, but yes, the benefit for the early decision one, early decision two, you get your decision before regular decision. So you'll get it about early December for early decision one and then late January for early decision two. Um, so you get it earlier and you are showing us you're committed. Well, that's a great overview. We appreciate it. I was also curious, Nina, do you use interviews as part of your overall application process? And if so, what advice would you give a student preparing for his or her interview? Yes. So we do have interviews that um, rising seniors can participate in. So these interviews are going to be signed up on our welcome page. And we do have either on-campus in-person interviews or virtual interviews, because we do understand sometimes students are not able to come to William & Mary. Um, So we allow the rising seniors to sit with some of our students. So the interviews are going to be completely with our seniors, our juniors. Um, And the number one tip I have to tell students is feel comfortable. Um, You we get the best responses from students that are feeling comfortable. This is an informal interview. I know the word interview makes it feel very scary or makes it feel like it's supposed to be formal. Um, However, the interviewer is going to ask you questions like if you were deserted on an Island, what three things would you bring? Or if you could be any ice cream flavor, what would you choose? So it's very much an interview to get to know you just to see how you would fit in with William & Mary, giving us kind of a more um, way to see your personality that we wouldn't be able to see through the application through paper. So I would def- definitely have to say that if you're going to do it, just find your way to feel comfortable and feel you and feel like it's a conversation you're having. Well, that's great advice. Thank you so much, Nina. And I recently read a statistic that 95% of the freshman class returned, which is an astonishing number. Of course, a testament to the great work you do in admissions to get the right students on campus, but also what you talked about, the fostering of community, making students happy once they are on campus, and and frankly, offering something for everyone. So I think that's terrific, 95%. So it brings me to my next question. What is the average profile of the current freshman class in terms of GPA and any other data that you collect, such as SAT or ACT scores? Yeah, so I do have to start off by saying there is no one size fits all for our students. There are so many different students that you will see on William & Mary's campus. Um, I do have some statistics for our class of 2025. Um, But I do have to say that any statistic that you will see on our website, it's taken after um, we bring in our students. It's not necessarily we're using a certain set of statistics to figure out our next class and we're kind of holding you to that. It's something that after we accept all of our students, then we see what was the averages. So for example, if we were looking at GPAs for the class of 2025, um, about our average for students was going to be a 4.1 through a 4.5 on a weighted 4.0 scale. However, we understand that there are many schools that do not use a 4.0 scale. Um, One of the examples is New York, how I have many (laughs) schools that are on a 100 point scale. So it's, um, like I said, it's not a one size fits all. Um, For our SAT scores, the 50th uh, mid percentile was going to be about a 1360 to a 1520. And then for the ACTs, it's going to be about 31 to 34 for your score. So those were kind of the averages for our class of 2025. 
Well, we appreciate that. And Nina, if a prospective student falls a little below those averages, what are some of the things that they can do to enhance their overall chances of being admitted? Yes. So I would have to say the number one thing that we love to see outside of those transcripts or just what you're telling us on your application, we love to see demonstrated interest. So um, especially for out-of-state students, but even in-state students, we love to see the demonstrated interest to show that you are actually interested in William & Mary, that you do have that chance of you would actually come to William & Mary if you're accepted. So for example, we can see if you have come to an information session and tour, or if you have participated in any of our virtual offerings, such as our student panels that we have. Um, we have events in the fall called Fall Focus and Autumn Blast, or even something just as simple as sending your admission counselor an email to introduce yourself. These are all things that we take into account. We can see it all, and it shows that you have been putting in that effort and that it's another way to show us we might be your top one school or just that you are very interested in coming here. So I would have to say if you feel that maybe you had a rough year and your GPA might not be as high as you want or some of your scores might not be as high, just showing your admission counselor that you have been in contact and maybe explaining to them any circumstances you feel might need to be explained or just saying hi. Um, it's something that helps us remember your name. Well, we appreciate that, and it's nice to hear that you, in fact, do track demonstrated interest, whether it's an email to introduce yourself before applying, after a visit, or taking part in a virtual event. It's important to note that you do, in fact, track demonstrated interest, so we really appreciate that, Nina. Thank you so much. Does William & Mary accept AP, IB, or dual enrollment courses for credit? Yes. So... Um, the only caveat is going to be there are going to be certain classes that the credit will transfer over depending on what score you got on your test. So, for example, and this is not the specific score, but if you were to take an AP biology class and you might have gotten um, a three on a test or I'm going to use the um, IB test, if you have gotten a six we can definitely say that that will transfer over. Um, but then the registrar has a certain subject breakdown. So in English classes, a test score might not be the same as a science class that we would accept. Um, however, for the majority, uh, we the registrar does work to transfer credits directly into courses that we have. Um, but if a course that you took that you did get a valid score on does not transfer di directly into one of the courses we have, then it will transfer over as an elective course, which electives are a very big part of academics here. So it is very helpful. But yes, yeah, so um, on our website, we do have a tool that lets you see the specific breakdown for each AP, IB, or dual enrollment class you could be taking and seeing how it could either transfer over directly or what scores you would need to get on the test for it to transfer over. Well, I appreciate that. And I always include the Office of Admissions link in the podcast show notes. So Nina, if there's anything else that you would like for me to include, please provide it to me. And of course, I'll make it available to the students and their parents in the podcast show notes. So you touched upon it a little earlier in terms of GPA, but Nina, do you use the student's high school GPA as indicated on their transcript or do you recalculate using your own metrics? And if so, 
What do you look for in terms of a student's academic record and how do you evaluate it? So we use the GPA that the school provides. We do not change anything. If it is a weighted, unweighted, we will use it exactly how we get it Um, because we do not want anything to get messed up or mixed up (laughs) because we did math wrong. Um, And then also the fact that we understand not every high school is the same, so we're not going to treat them as such. So we don't necessarily compare one high school to another. We're going to look at every high school individually, see the student in the context of the high school. And to do that, we have to see how the school is grading their classes and their courses. So we do not change anything. I just want to make sure that everybody understands there is no general GPA we're going to be looking for. So um, on your transcript, we are, if your school does provide um, rankings for your class, um, we will look at that. However, what we are very interested in is just to see what kind of courses have you been taking. So, for example, do you have some of those bases covered of taking maybe a fourth year of a foreign language or keeping up with your core classes, such as taking some of your calculus, biology kind of courses, Um, just making sure you're keeping up with your classes and possibly challenging yourself. Have you been taking some of those accelerated and advanced classes or the IP dual enrollment in IB classes? So um, with your transcript, yes, we are seeing your GPAs, but we look at your transcript as a whole to see what patterns we can find Um, just overall how you've been doing with your academics. Well, we appreciate that. And a message for students and parents, the school profile is something that admissions counselors use to get a better understanding of what, in fact, your high school offers. School profiles are usually found very easily on your high school's website, students and parents. If not, you could call your guidance offices, and of course, they will provide that to you so that you could get an insight in terms of what the college admissions representatives see when you're applying. Nina, thank you again for that. And I know that William & Mary is test optional, but can you share what was the percentage of students who applied and that were ultimately admitted that did not, in fact, submit test scores? Yeah, so for the class of 2025, um, there was 39% of our applicants were test optional. So 39% of the applicants who init- or who did come to William & Mary did not submit their test scores. So it is a possibility for students. It's not a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We say that we're <laughs> test optional, but we're really not. Um, I do promise there are students here that did not submit their test scores to us. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And how important are students' grades in senior year? And Nina, can you give an example of why you would even want to see the mid-year grades during a student's senior year? Yes. So senior year is just as important as your ninth, 10th, and 11th (laughs) grades. So we are looking at your transcript from beginning to end. So we do ask for a mid-year a transcript, and we do ask for a final transcript to see how you ended. Um, one reason is because we all have heard of senioritis. Um, <laughs> we are just making sure that students are continuing to keep up their academics, and it's not necessarily you fell off and kind of started slacking um, during your senior year just because you knew that you were getting accepted to colleges. Um, it's important for us to know that you are going to continue your academics and putting them in in an important place in your life. Um, 
and that once you get to William & Mary, you're going to continue doing the same. So we kind of asked for the mid-year report and final transcript just to see how you were still progressing. If we saw that there might have been some dips, we will use that mid-year or final transcript just to reach out and say, was everything okay? Did Was there an event that happened in your life that maybe have affected you? Um, but it's just to make sure that you're continuing putting your academics uh, in an important place. <laughs> Understood. And that's great advice. And of course, the essay is another piece of the overall application. So Nina, what are some examples of college essays that really made an impression on you? In other words, when you read it, you thought this kid should really come to school at William & Mary. Yes. So um, overall, I have to say the most memorable essays are the ones that you can obviously tell students put their personality into it. I love the essays and I know many of my colleagues love the essays because this is your chance to speak to us through the paper. This is your chance to tell us something we would not have been able to see from the rest of your application. Um, So for example, William and Mary does have an optional essay. And so this is where we give you the open prompt of please tell us what makes you you, what makes you colorful, what makes you unique. Um, You can make us laugh or just tell us something about you. So with these, the most memorable ones were the ones where they would explain why they're passionate about a certain hobby that they're in. Or I have had many different poems that people have put their heart into or just knock knock jokes. Because let me tell you, it is very fun to see a nice knock knock joke once in a while or just someone coming up with fun puns to put in their essay to spice it up a little bit. But I do have to say the most memorable ones from um, my applications were the ones where I felt like I was really learning about the student. For example, there was um, an essay where the student wrote the essay pretending like it was a letter to their roommate, their future roommate, just to tell them, hi, I'm a night owl and I love to... (laughs) bike ride. And I hope that you will be able to join me with these. And it was just such a cute way to make it a not traditional essay, but still let me learn more about the students. So personality is the number one thing we ask for. (laughs) Well, we love that. Thank you so much for sharing the examples. And do you offer any supports for students that may have had an IEP or a 504 while in high school? And if so, could you elaborate for us? Yes. So William & Mary, one of the best things about William & Mary is its uh, dedication to access. So when students come to William & Mary, there is the Student Accessibility Services Office. They will work with our um, program that is there for the first year students that are making sure you're having a smooth transition from high school to um, college. And so the Student Accessibility Services Office is such a great resource for students that need any kind of help. It's not necessarily um, you can only go there for certain things. So, for example, um, if students have had problems with testing, um, one of the things that the Student Accessibility Office um, helps with is speaking to your professors to see maybe if you need extra time on your test outside of what the class time is, or if you need any of those extra resources. Um, Just overall, the Student Accessibilities Office is going to be so helpful with anything you need, whether it be um, getting you in touch with different resources 
or just being your median to speaking to your professors. Um, it's very helpful for students and they are very welcoming for any student who wants to walk in and just talk to them. Well, we appreciate that. And it's great to know that you have a lot of resources for all your students. So thank you so much, Nina. And what about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known? Yes. So one of the big things for student athletes, um, some of our sports do have recruiting forms. Um, So if you go on to our athletics website, you will Um, You can click on some of the different sports and they might have specific ways that you can get recruited. Um, So, for example, sending your name to the um, athletic directors and um, specific coordinators or just reaching out to say hi. Um, I definitely would also recommend seeing some of the sports, whether it be in person or watching the games online. But if you are able to go to a sport game that you are very interested in joining and you can see in person the team but then also meet um, any coordinators coaches in person just to again put a name to a face Um, but again just the main thing is going on to the specific sports website and seeing if there's any information that they are telling you for how they are going to look for their prospects Understood. And we appreciate that. And, you know, this has been an outstanding conversation and it leads us to our last question. So in conclusion, what are the top three pieces of advice you would give a student and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Yes. So the number one thing I would have to say is visit the school. Whatever school you're interested in, it is much different seeing it in pictures versus being able to walk around or if you're not able to travel to a school um, i know william and mary specifically we have a virtual tour which allows you to essentially walk through the campus and still hear from the different students um, have those tour guides that are on the tour for you so um, seeing the school one way or another is so important to get that feel before you are applying to ensure that you are familiar with the school, but also just it might be a school you might not have been completely interested in before, but then you walk on campus and then it becomes your number one school. Personally, for me, that's how I chose William and Mary. I did not think it was going to be my number one school. And then once I came on the tour and saw the campus in person, I fell in love and knew I had to apply. Um, A second thing I would have to say is do your research. It is so important to understand the school. So you can understand the clubs and the sports that are offered for you. You can understand things such as traditions. Um, One thing about William & Mary's community is that we have many traditions such as our opening convocation and Yule Log that are held throughout the campus. And I think just no matter what university or college you're looking at, just seeing some of the fun things that they have to offer for you or what kind of transportation you might be able to use, just getting more information will help you to be more prepared for when you do come to college. And then just the last thing I would have to say is breathe. (laughs) So I understand college, we all in admissions, no matter what university or college, understand that this is a big decision for you. It is something you do need to think about. Um, Breathe when you are doing the application, put as much personality and um, just 
thought into it as possible, but don't necessarily let this be something that you are scared about. Or when it comes to choosing and looking at universities, breathe and just come up with lists of what you are looking for or just things that you want to be prepared to see. So for example, if you're coming to William & Mary, come with an idea of what maybe you would like to ask questions about. Um, But I think that taking a step back essentially and looking at the process as something that should be fun, not necessarily something that you're scared about. It's so helpful. So then when you do come to college, that whole process for you was something fun and memorable and it's getting you excited for college rather than something that just seems so daunting. <laughs> well, those are great pieces of advice and tremendous insight. Nina, I can't thank you enough for your time and all of your efforts today. We truly appreciate it. And I'm so happy because I know this is going to help so many students and their parents. I hope to have you again soon. Thank you so much, Nina. Thank you for having me. And I enjoyed being here. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the college admissions process podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.